What's up there, guys? It's Pete Mundo of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks so much for downloading this week's radio show in the podcast form. Appreciate that. And we're still giving away koozies. All you got to do to get a free Heartland College Sports koozie is rate, review, subscribe, and send me an email of your review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Spring ball is going to be here before you know it. You're going to have to keep that beer cold in the stands as you watch your favorite team in April. And we want to do it for you with a free koozie. All right, guys, thanks so much for downloading the show. Enjoy it. We'll talk to you soon. Well, let's turn our attention to the recruiting trail here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo, and welcome in a guy who does a really good job for us on the recruiting front. He is Derek Duke. You read him all the time if you're a Big 12 football fan, also a fan of the recruiting scene. Derek joining us here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. All right, Derek, recruiting rankings or rankings are done now after classes become official last week. You know, we had Texas, Oklahoma at the top. Maybe one of those two teams surprised you, but as you looked at the final rankings here in the Big 12, uh, which team did surprise you most here? Believe it or not, I'm actually going to go Kansas Jayhawks. And even though they came in at number nine in the Big 12, uh, hear me out here, they were ranked in the 120s. You know, just a few weeks ago, like two weeks before signing day, they were in the 120s, the 130s. It looked like this class had no chance inside of even cracking the top 100. But Les Miles gets in there. He, he hits the recruiting trail hard, and they ended up at number 64, according to 247 Sports, which actually is the ninth best class in the Big 12, just ahead of Texas Tech. Uh, you know, they were able to grab a four-star defensive end, Stephen Parker, out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I thought he was huge. They got a couple great athletes in Kenny Logan, uh, Malcolm Lee, the three-star JUCO defensive end. And like I said, this class came together very, very quickly. A lot of athletes in this class. I'm very curious to see where the staff's going to be able to place them. And to me, like I said, this is by far, to me, the biggest surprise in the Big 12. Obviously, Texas and Oklahoma did a great job. But when it comes to surprises, I think I didn't see any bigger surprise uh, than the Kansas Jayhawks on signing day. What does this tell you, Derek, about, you know, Matt Wells there at Texas Tech, who only had 17 guys sign, you know, taken over from Cliff Kingsbury. People kind of questioned the hire after letting go of uh, Kingsbury in the offseason. Any reason for concern there, or is it just a new guy coming in, maybe didn't get the numbers that he wanted, and he's going to already look forward to 2020? I'm going to cut him a break on this class. It's the first recruiting class in a transition period, and as we all know, this early, side, this early signing period does not help these transitioning, these new coaches That's when true. they come in immediately after the season. So yeah. it really doesn't help anything. So the further back signing day is for them, the better. Uh, Texas Tech did, did get some guys signed early. They stayed with Texas Tech. But there were also a lot of decommitments for that class. I, I'm not going to take too much out of this class just from a standpoint, yes, they finished 70 overall, and they were dead last in the in Big 12 in terms of recruiting. But I want to see it next year. I want to see what they can do in the 20 to 20 cycle before I can label them a good recruiter, bad recruiter, whatever it may be. So I'm going to cut them some slack on this one, but I definitely need to see a lot more out of the next cycle. He's Derek Duke, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, joining us. All right, Derek, Texas, Oklahoma at the top. Uh, no shocker, both in the top six in the country. But then you get a slide down 27 spots to find 
the next Big 12 team at TCU at number 33. I know we're both using the 247 rankings. Concern with that gap, or is it overblown? I think it's a little bit overblown. I, I'm I'm going to say I before the season we kind of expect TCU. I mean, most of us would expect TCU to be somewhere in the top 30. Now you mentioned 33. That's not that far out. I don't think if you're talking about a team from 28 to 33, is that really big of a difference? You know, it sounds better on paper, but in terms of recruiting and actual getting guys in, the quality of guys. I'm not too concerned with it. For one, you have Gary Patterson there. Let's face it, Gary Patterson, that man knows how to coach defense. So any defensive player that he's able to sign, you really can't question until you see it on the field because he's able to turn two- and three-star guys into four, easily four-star guys in terms of on the field, on his defense. So I'm not going to go too far there. They're able to sign four-star quarterback Max Duggan, which is going to be a very interesting uh, guy to keep an eye on during the spring because now you have Justin Rogers and Max Duggan, uh, along with the Kansas State uh, transfer, Alex Delton. So it's going to be very interesting to see uh, how that quarterback room is going to shape out this season. But uh, four-star running back, uh, DeMarco Foster, I think this guy it has superstar written all over him. I think, that, uh, you know, maybe a year or two down the line, he's going to be a possible all-Big 12-type caliber of running back. Uh, four-star defensive tackle Carter Johnson, Blair Conright, the three-star wide receiver. And another key guy that, that really kind of goes unknown, he isn't in the recruiting base, he isn't in the rankings or anything like that, is defensive end Adam Plant. He originally signed with Arizona back in the 2018 class, got out of his letter of intent, and spent this past offseason training. So I think he's a very, very uh, guy, uh, sneaky guy to kind of keep an eye on that really nobody's talking about at the defensive end spot. But I really do like this class. Uh, for TCU and you know something that isn't really talked about a lot TCU is now positioned themselves to be the third best recruiting you know team in the Big 12 yes. so to speak they each and every year for the past three years or so they've fallen at that number three spot in the Big 12 in terms of recruiting rankings so they they are really on the cusp if they move up any further you know the, the sky's the limit for this program it really is as long as Gary Patterson's there I feel good about where things stand with TCU. Yeah, I'm totally with you there, Derek. And that's why, you know, they've been in the top 20 a couple of times the last couple of years, I think. Top 25, they're down to 33. Not a huge deal, but I would like to see that gap close a little bit. Well, uh, where there's no gap is 3-7 to seven in the Big 12. You have TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and West Virginia, all between 33 and 49. I mean, it kind of fits in perfectly with what the Big 12 has become, which is an enormous amount of parity. Uh, when you saw those final rankings come out, what did you make of that? I just think it sets us up for, you know, kind of what the Big 12 has become, which is a lot of teams that are very close in talent level. Yeah, you guys know I'm definitely – I'm not really a big basketball guy, but when it comes to basketball, the Big 12 Conference has always been one of the best conferences in all the country. And I, I think you're starting to see that with football now because these gaps are closing so widely. Sure, you, you may have Oklahoma or Texas or those two, wherever you want to put them, at the very top of the list. But when it comes to three down all the way down to ten or maybe nine, depending on where you look at Kansas, it, it, it really could be placed in any order. I remember before the, the 2018 season started last year, going into the offseason, we were like, we had no idea where to rank yep. these teams in terms from three to eight. I mean, you could make an argument for any team and put it in each place and make an argument, make your case, and I wouldn't call you crazy. And I think that's the same thing you're seeing right now on the recruiting trail from, like you mentioned, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and West Virginia. So 
the parody on the recruiting trail turns into parody on the field. And I, I'm not, I, to me, I think that makes for the, some of the most entertaining uh, football on television uh, that there is in the country. Derek, I know we've talked about, you know, the most uh, impressive team so far, surprisingly in a good way. We've talked about tech at the bottom, Kansas being your most impressive team. Is there a team we haven't touched on that disappointed you come signing day of last week once everything was wrapped up? I wouldn't say necessarily disappointed me. I'll throw an Oliver mention here. Uh, West Virginia, even though there was a coaching change, a little bit of a letdown. They didn't. They weren't able to sign a quarterback. That's the only real knock I have on Neil Brown at West Virginia. Other than that, I thought they did a great job in their secondary. But I think I'm gonna. It might be a little controversial, but I'm gonna go with Oklahoma State. And I we thought all you were gonna go there. Year, I thought you might go there. I was kind of hoping you'd go there, to be honest. <laughs> Every every year, this is a program we say we look at it. We look at the on the field success. They win ten games almost every year. Obviously, they didn't do it this year, but before that, you know, they had three straight ten win yep. seasons. But it just wasn't translating on the recruiting trail. And we we're wondering why. And there was a lot of headlines about Mike Gundy this past off season. Why isn't he going after the five stars, the four stars, the high four stars? He's still grabbing those three stars. You know, occasionally getting that one four star, but. They're saying, why isn't it translating on, on the recruiting trail? And to simply put it, I don't, I don't think Mike Gundy values stars. I think he values who fits in the system a lot more than, than what, we, what the media, what 247, what rivals ranks these kids at. So he's looking for the culture fit. He's looking for the on-the-play, uh, on-the-field fit. I, I'm not really sure in terms of what it's going to look like because, like I said, a lot of these guys are three-star guys. I really do like Xavier Player three-star cornerback, three-star defensive end, Trace Ford. I feel like he's maybe one of the most underrated pass rushers in the entire country. Uh, but, you know, four-star running back, DeAndre Glass, Langston Anderson at wide receiver, who I think is going to be a stud down the road, who I think could be their next big receiver. But when you look at it, they're in the low 30s, and it just it just doesn't make sense when we're talking about, like I said, on-the-field success to the recruiting rankings – Something isn't there, you know, whether it Mike Gundy doesn't want to go after those guys, whether he does, I think he should at least attempt to go after those guys just to see if they're interested. You know, if a guy turns you down, so what? You still, you were still went down fighting. You still went down swinging, but I'm not really sure where they stand. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see uh, where they land. And they just, honestly, they have to get better quarterback play than what they got last season. But, um, like I said, it, it's still a head scratcher to me, and I'm sure it is to Oklahoma State fans as well. Oh no, I, I don't. There's no doubt about that. And yeah, you mentioned this year, 37th ranked class, and this has been over the past three to four years a top 25 program, hands down. You mentioned the three straight seasons of 10 wins, um, and usually recruiting, Derek. I mean, you know this. A great year won't pay off in that year's class. It'll pay off in the year after's class. And that just hasn't happened for Mike Gundy. And, and, you know, you talk about the quarterback position. Gundy did make those comments in the offseason where he was like, uh, you know, we go for them, but they just don't want to come here. And it's like, okay, you got a program that wins 10 games a year. You have top 25 facilities. You got a great college town. At some point, you got to look in the mirror, right? Absolutely. The way I could kind of put it and the way I think others will maybe put it is it's like you get this big fancy check for, you know, thousands of dollars and you just don't do anything with it. You don't go in and cash it. You don't deposit it. You don't do anything with it. You just kind of let it sit there. And so that's, that's my thing with Oklahoma state. If you're, if you're dominating on the field, you know, let's not say they dominated last year, but in prior years, we Mm -hmm. said three straight 10 win seasons. How is that not translated to some, some recruiting success 
off the field. It, it just, it, like I said, it's a head scratch yep. to me. I'll never understand it. You know, earlier in Mike Gundy's tenure, back when he was, you know, his first, second season, he was actually getting better recruiting classes then than he is right now, which to me makes absolutely no sense. But, you know, we could go on and on about that topic. But at the end of the day, you know, Mike Gundy's going to do what Mike Gundy wants, and he's going to go after the kids he wants to in the end. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Derek, um, look at the top. Texas, Oklahoma, both in the top six in the country. Are you surprised by how quickly Tom Herman has translated uh, his job at Texas into recruiting success, or are you not based on what he did at Houston with guys like uh, Ed Oliver and others? I think I'm a little bit surprised. I'm not going to oversell it too much here because if you think about it, no matter really what the, what Texas does on the field, whether it's five and seven, six and six, Texas is one of those programs that's, all, that's always going to sell itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of recruiting, they're a national recruiting brand. You know, they're a brand, obviously. Uh, so they get kids from all over. I think they did a great job this season. They didn't really do well in state, but it just shows you the brand of Texas. They were able to grab so many kids from out of state and still land with the number three class in the entire country. Uh, Five star athlete, Brew McCoy, obviously. Uh, very interesting story signing with USC and then getting out and then signing with Texas. Uh, five-star wide receiver Jordan Whittington, uh, four-star inside linebacker D- Gabriel Floyd, uh, Caleb Johnson at linebacker, uh, Rashawn Johnson at quarterback. This is now back-to-back top five classes for Texas. And as long as they keep having success on the field, I think they're still going to be always in that top five conversation in terms of recruiting rankings. But like I said, this is going to take – this could potentially take Texas – from making it to the Big 12 title to making it to the playoff and possibly the national championship uh, with this talent increase they keep getting. So I'm going to be very interested to see what happens with Texas this season, but I really, really like what they're doing uh, on the recruiting trail. And I don't, I don't think there's really anybody, any argument you could really say against Texas right now when it comes to recruiting. Now, right now, I mean, you got to be looking, all right, maybe 2019, but 2020 is going to be the year, assuming that Sam Ellinger does hang around for a senior season, which I can't see him being an NFL-ready quarterback after this year. His senior season, which would be – the I guess it'd be the junior year for last year's top five class and the sophomore year for this top three class. That's the one you look at and you say, that is Tom Herman's chance to win a national championship. I don't know what's going to be happening then with Alabama and Georgia and all these other places, but uh, that's the year I look to for the Texas Longhorns and say, that's the one. Um, I want to I wanna wrap it up just with a team that we haven't touched on yet, and that's Baylor. For Matt Rule to continue to recruit – Uh, top 30 to 40 classes based on the disaster that that program was when Art Bryles was fired and how good that team has been uh, or how much they've improved from two years ago, one win to the seven wins this year. Are we talking enough about Matt Rule and and what he's been able to do there? I don't think anybody's really talking about Matt Rule, and he definitely deserves to be talked about a lot more, especially in the national spotlight, but obviously – Everybody's going to want to focus on, you know, the Texas, the Oklahomas, the top 10, whatever that may be. But Baylor definitely deserves to be, to get some credit to, especially Matt Rule. They, you know, to sign the number four class in the Big 12, considering what they've been, I believe they signed the number four class in the Big 12 last year, if I'm not mistaken. But but what they're able to do, Matt Rule, he's just continuing to build this program in his image and put together a really solid class that originally was supposed to have some smaller numbers. 
you know, thanks to some guys leaving and some transfers and stuff like that, they were able to add a couple more really valuable pieces to this class and put it together. Uh, four-star uh, Peyton athlete Peyton Powell and four-star quarterback Jacob Zeno are my headliners for the class. Uh, three-star wide receiver Jalen Ellis, I think he's probably going to be the next great wide re- Baylor wide receiver. Uh, Quaylen Jones at running back. Elijah Ellis at offensive tackle. I mean, they have really put together some solid pieces. And as you know, they we mentioned before, you know, they went one and eleven in twenty seventeen. Last year, they hit the seven win mark and with their bowl game victory over Vanderbilt. What is next for this Baylor program? I think this you know, like like much like TCU, the sky is really the limit here for Baylor as long as Matt Rule is there, and that's the key. As long as Matt Rule is there. I think Baylor will continue to get better each and every year, and I think he's really finally starting to turn turn the corner with this program. Derek, I lied to you. I got two more quick ones for you here because we've talked about all the teams. I might as well get to the final two that we haven't really touched on. Uh, Iowa State, is there a, a – last year they hit lightning in a bottle with Brock Purdy. I don't want to make the expectations that high, but is there a Brock Purdy-esque guy that can make an immediate impact on this team? I'm going to say there's two guys that could possibly make make that, but I'm going to if I'm going to go with one, I'm going to stick with four-star running back Breesall. You know, obviously they're going to be replacing Montgomery yep. this year. They were able to sign two four-star running backs with Breesall and Jareel Brock, who's already on campus as we speak. So I think those are two guys. You sign the two top, run, you know, two four-star running backs. You can make an argument that they have probably the maybe the best running back class in the entire Big 12 in this recruiting cycle, uh, which is very, very interesting to think about when you talk about Iowa State and best whatever in terms of recruiting in the Big 12. So that that's really something for me that really kind of sticks home. And I think that really says to me, they, hey, we're going to get guys who can run the football. The only thing really I question about Iowa State is that they get enough offensive line help to you know, help make polls for these uh, talented, talented running backs. Derek, Kansas State, Chris Kleiman, of course, another coaching transition into the conference. Uh, Nothing overly special. Now, Kansas State's made a living with having not special recruiting classes and doing just fine. So is it kind of what you expected there? Is there anybody that you were impressed by or surprised by that Kleiman was able to lock up? Or was it just kind of your run-of-the-mill average K-State class? And let's see what happens. I kind of expect it to be more the run of the mill. I mean, if you think about it, Kansas, Kansas State traditionally over the past few years has signed anywhere from between a, you know the 71st and 65th best class, uh, depending on, on which site you're looking at. But, you know, right now they're in the, the low, low 60s. Uh, Chris Heron, the three-star athlete, I think he's a great player. He's a, as far as 247 rankings go, he's a top 500 player in the entire country. Uh, three-star quarterback, Jerron Lewis, I really like what he could do. Maybe a couple years down the road, he could be a, a factor. But I don't see it as an overly special class for Kansas State. It's maybe a little bit better than an average Kansas State class, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily anything special. And like I said, much like a lot of these other coaches who are in there, going to be in their first year this year, I really want to see what they're able to do on the recruiting trail yeah. in a year from now to really get a good, a better feel for what they have. Yeah, I'm with you, man, 100%. He is uh, Derek Duke. You read him all the time on heartlandcollegesports.com. Does great work on the football side and recruiting side. Derek, really good insight, man. Uh, take some time to breathe since recruiting's over, and we got spring football right around the corner. Absolutely, Pete. And before I let you guys go, I, I, before my mentions blow up, I do want to mention Oklahoma a little bit. Uh, they signed probably one of the best uh, wide receiver classes I've ever seen probably on paper with Jaden Hazelwood, Theo Weiss, uh, and Trahan Bridges. So I do want, I can't go out uh, true, before true. mentioning, shouting out Oklahoma 
so I think they also did a really good class, ending up with a top 10 class as well. So uh, Sooners fans, I definitely didn't forget about you on this one. Yeah, if anything, Derek, I'll take the blame. I kind of forgot about him. But I guess we've gotten so uh, so used to Lincoln Riley doing a great job on the trail the last couple of years. But you're right. I mean, that wide receiver class, I want to see uh, what a lot of those guys, I think is Hazelwood, he's enrolled early, right? So I want to see what he does. Yeah, I, I believe so. Uh, he he was a guy at the Army, all, uh, excuse me, the All American Bowl. Now they changed yeah. it from Army, but the All American Bowl, who really really impressed me uh, with some great catches, had a great touchdown, and and so did five star quarterback Spencer Rattler. Uh, he's got a little bit of Patrick Mahomes in him, so I'm really curious to see what Oklahoma is, what's in store for Oklahoma. But like I said, that that wide receiver class is it's it's up there. It's one of the best classes I've ever seen in terms of the wide receiver group. Hey, if you're a wide receiver, why would you not go to Norman? Derek, good deal, man. Good work, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me on, Pete. Appreciate it. Good work there by Derek Duke, and thanks to you guys for listening. Please do rate, review, subscribe. Helps us out a ton. And if you do it, rate and review, send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon.